Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Reb T, the Pirkei Avos Learning with Reb T. This year, where we talk a mission of Pirkei Avos per day with sage commentary and practical advice to say. I hope you had a wonderful winter break, a wonderful winter hiatus. We had the wonderful Hanukkah holiday and we relocated for a week. It was a wonderful hiatus for us. Hopefully it was for you as well. And let's continue in the second half of season four here in the PAL, hopefully getting through God willing chapter 4, 5, and 6, Dalit, Hey, and Vav. As always, when we start the parak, we have to say, All of Israel has a portion in the world to come. It says, My nation are all righteous, they shall inherit the land forever. The branch of my planting, the sapling of my planting, my handiwork in which to take glory. Realizing that what we can do is to be involved in mitzvahs, Torah, and chesed. We all have a share in the world to come. We just have to grab that share. We have to take hold of that share and do what we can to be deserving of that share. And now we come to chapter 4. Mishnah one dollar and all of one of my favorite Mishnahs and all of Perkyovas. Again, they're all amazing. But this one really can teach a lot, as they all can teach a lot, but especially here poignant phrases. Benzoma Omar. Benzoma says, Eza Huchacham. Who is wise? Halomid Mikoladam. Someone who learns from every person. You know, another Mishnah teaches that everyone has their time, everyone has their place. You know, Hashem put everything for every purpose. There's an, an animal, and then there's a person, there's a thing. Everything in this world has a purpose, has a distinct function. So, of course, of course, of course, we could learn something from everyone. A smart person learns from everyone around you. A smart person learns from every animal, from the ant. You can learn diligence, we learn. And from uh, all these creatures, the early bird gets the worm. You learn from that to get up early. Everything, everyone can teach you. You know, a lazy person, you can learn not to be lazy. And someone who's heavily invested in his work, who loves this is work, you can learn how to love work. You can learn something from everyone. Shanamars, it says, Mikol Malanda Hiskalti. From all my teachers, I became wise. Ezehu Gibor Hakovish Es Yitzu. Who is a strong person? One who conquers his evil inclination. You could build cities, you could build walls, you could build vehicles. You're not a real strong person until you really can master yourself. The evil inclination is the ever present war the ever-long war throughout our whole life. As someone who could conquer his passions, his traits, his midos, that is a really strong person. says, Better is someone who is someone who is slow to anger is better than a strong man. The master of his passions is better than the conqueror of a city. That's a real strong person. Who is really rich? Someone who is happy with his lot. The really smart person, the really happy person, is the one that looks around him and says, I have exactly what I need that Hashem wanted me to have. I have the exact house he wanted. Has a living room, has a dining room, has a kitchen, has a bathroom. Has three bedrooms, yeah. And it has um, and has a bathroom up there, and it has a little attic and a little basement. You might think the house is little, but Hashem says, this is exactly what you need. This is exactly what's perfect for you, and you have the exact car you need. Your minivan is perfect for you. Or whatever house or whatever car you may have, it's exactly what you need. Whatever job you have is exactly what you need. And your endeavors, exactly what you need. Don't look at others. Compare yourself only to yourself. You can never change anyone else, just yourself. Look to yourself. Realize this is exactly what you need for your mission, your tools in life is given to you by Hashem. Shalem, as it says, Yegir kapecha kiso chala shrecha v'tov 
you when you eat the labor of your hands, you are fortunate, and it is well with you. Ashrecha ba'olam olam haba. He is praiseworthy in this world, and it will be good for you in the world to come. Who is honored? Hamachabed is the real one who honors others, the creations. Shenamarki For I will honor those who honor me, and I will scorn those who scorn me will be degraded. Real honor is not someone who chases after honor. Other, other, elsewhere it says, if you run after honor, it'll flee from you. But you flee from honor, it'll come running after you. You try to be humble. Try to be low-key. Try to be under the radar. and Try not to take credit for things. You do great works. You do great things. Don't look for the honor. Don't look for the things. Just realizing you're doing Hashem's work. Don't look for recognition. You think about Rabbi Tversky, Olav Hashem, who just passed away. He did this amazing song. That song, I didn't even realize it came from him. And it's like 60 years old. He never took credit for him. Only by passing... Somehow we learned subtly at, at an event once that it was really because of him. Can you imagine? He easily could have taken thousands of dollars for that song. He could have easily taken much fame for that song, but he never did. He composed it for his brother's wedding, but the honor never came to him. He was running from it. That's an honorable person. That's someone we should learn from. His zechut, his merit should be a yosher for all of us, and he's, it should be a zechut, his memory should be for a blessing, along with all those people, unfortunately, lost including our esteemed rabbi, Rabbi Kellimer, including Rabbi Sachs and Rabbi Feinstein, and all those people we lost, unfortunately, recently. It should be as a chuz that Mashiach should come today. So let's see what Rabbi Yonah teaches us here in his different comments. So who is wise? One who learns from every person. Scholars in the non-Jewish world define wisdom not necessarily as knowledge, but as love of wisdom. Even if one has acquired a vast store of knowledge, yet has no love of knowledge, he is not wise but foolish. One who loves wisdom and is eager to learn more is already wise, even if he still has much to learn, because his eagerness to learn will push him to continued study. Love of wisdom is important for another reason as well. It stems from fear of God. One who truly loves wisdom will desire truth, and the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. In turn, the wisdom gain will lead to increased fear of heaven. As Shlomo Melch said, if you seek it like silver and search for it like buried treasure, then you will understand the fear of God, discover knowledge of God. If our eagerness for wisdom, the most important thing in the world, equaled our eagerness for silver, which has no intrinsic value, we would fear God. We would achieve true wisdom and through it understand fear of God and attain knowledge of God. Of this, Ben Zoma said, who is wise, who learns from every person, his love of wisdom and eagerness to attain it are so great. He'll ask anyone to teach him, learning even from one who has only a single thing to teach him. Through this, he will succeed and grow wise. Because of his great desire to learn, the Mishnah calls him wise. As it says from my teachers, I became wise. These are the words of David and Malach, who learned from everyone. Based on Masechus Kalarabasi, in 5.4, in Berkei Elvis, when he learns from a friend a chapter, a halacha, a verse, a word, even a single letter is obligated to treat him honor, we find that he learned only two things from Achitovo, but he called him his master, his guide, and his intimate friend. That's later on. In Avos, he never said of another, he doesn't know as much as me. Instead, he grew wise by learning from everyone, similar to one who has lost a small object. In his eagerness to find it, he'll ask everyone possible if they have seen it. Who is mighty? Conquer evil inclination. The degree of bo- the body's physical prowess is considered the measure of a man's stature and prestige. So too, the soul stature is measured by its power to overcome the evil inclination. Physical strength is common to both man and animals. They both have the strength to bear burdens to greater or lesser degrees. The physical strength is not what Benzoma refers to because might can only refer to the prowess of the heart, which includes two types of strength. 
Fearless bravery in battle on the one hand and the power to overcome the evil inclination on the other. This is the difference between man and beast. Beasts have physical strength, but not the moral strength of the heart. Concerning this, Benzoma said that the strongest, most powerful force of the heart's might is the power to overcome the evil inclination. Courage in battle is not as great. There are many strong, brave warriors who have learned the arts of war and know how to fight. But the battle of the evil inclination demands much greater, more powerful, more sophisticated force. It lies in wait, ready to attack and destroy. Already has a powerful grip over the body. Defeating this most formidable enemy is true heroism in battle. And then it says, slow to anger, the verse. Being slow to anger means holding one's anger at bay without desiring immediate vengeance, waiting instead for the right time and place to exact revenge. But even doing revenge is not the good thing to begin with. We should try to avoid it. The angry man who seeks prompt vengeance and acts without deliberation and wreaks destruction. As Shalom Melch said, he who is slow to anger is better than a strong man. Even if the man who stays his anger is still too angry to forgive the one who offends him, he should not rush to take revenge. He will, he will let it wait for some other time. Small strength is greater than physical courage in battle because the fight of the mighty warrior requires no deliberation. But mastering one's passions is even greater accomplished than staying one's anger. The man who masters his passion will be able to forgive the offender even while he is still angry due to his inherent fear of God. This is a greater victory than the conquest of a city, even if the conqueror has both a mighty heart and intelligence. As it says, the wise one went up to the city of the strong, brought down the strength of its trust. Equipped with a mighty heart, intelligence, and a good counsel, the wise men can conquer a city. As it says, counsel and strength for war. One who masters his passions is even greater than all that. He'll be able to cover, overcome his temptation to sin. We're going to go a few minutes over. It's a long mission. I'm sorry about that. Who is wealthy happy with his lot? The man who is happy with his lot says, Whatever I have is enough for me, since I can support myself and my family and learn Torah. What need have I for more money, as long as I have enough to supply my needs and keep mitzvahs? But one who is not satisfied with his lot is not content with that, with what God has given him as a pauper. This is explicit in the verse, All the days of a poor man are bad, but a good-hearted person feasts perpetually. In other words, for the poor man who desires money, every day is a misery. For one who loves money will never be satisfied with money. Oh, he kesef, lo yispa kesef is the famous phrase. The good-hearted man who is happy with his lot enjoys every day he lives as if he were always feasting. This is why it's an excellent medium to be satisfied with one's lot. One who has this trait is called wealthy, since God has given him the means to support himself, learn Torah, do mitzvahs. So what benefit is there for a man in all that he toils under the sun? It suffices for him that he can upkeep the Torah and mitzvahs. And the Pasuk says, when you eat the labor of your hands, your fortune, in this world, the world to come, verse doesn't prove that one who is happy with his lot is wealthy. Rather, it teaches that one is blessed with this medium if he has no desire to accumulate money, hates gifts, lives off his earnings, and is satisfied with that. Like the man who is happy with his lot, he desires only what he needs to live on. Benzoma listed these three characteristics in the same order as the prophet Yahu listed them, wisdom, strength, and wealth. Let the wise man not glorify himself with his wisdom, nor the strong man glorify himself with his strength, nor the rich man glorify himself with his wealth. Wisdom precedes strength because it is a true, genuine virtue. It resides in both the soul and the body. Strength, in contrast, relates only to the physical body, but strength is still greater than wealth because strength is internal and remains with the body as long as it lives, whereas wealth is external to the body can be lost. One can make money and then be robbed of it later in life, God forbid. 
Although the Prophet says one should not praise himself for these three characteristics, Ben Zoma disagrees because each of them has a positive, praiseworthy aspect which can be developed without undue toil or effort. Wisdom, the positive aspect, is learning from everyone, which leads to understanding the fear of God. This doesn't require great effort because it's a skill, not a labor. Strength, overcoming the evil inclination and forgiving even while angry, and this is also praiseworthy because such behavior stems from fear of God. Shlomo Melch said, man's intelligence makes him slow to anger and it's his splendor to increase offense. Well, that's being happy with one's lot. Since this man wants only to learn Torah and do mitzvahs, has enough to support himself, he is happy. He recognizes that all else is empty vanity. This kind of wealthy person surely deserves praise because all the qualities described are actually knowledge of the Creator. Blessed is he. Find this in the verse in your Myoho. Only with this may one glorify himself, contemplating and knowing me. Who is honor, one who honors others. This fourth characteristic is one who honors his friend actually honors himself, not his friend. For what does one gain from honor? The esteem and prestige of a distinguished person will not be enhanced by external honors. The humble status of a lowly person will not be changed by it. It is embarrassment for those who bestow it on him. Contributes nothing to the lowly man's standing. Shalom said, like one who loads a stone in purple thread, so is one who gives honor to a fool. In other words, one who loads a stone into expensive purple thread is acting foolishly. His act does not bestow honor on the stone, the stone will not be elevated by it. So too, one who honors a fool only makes a fool of himself. Contributes no honor to the fool. We see them in what one does for others, he in fact does for himself. So if he honors others, they will be obliged to reciprocate. This is true honor. That's what the Mishnah says, who is honored, one who honors others. And then the verse, will honor those who honor me. Proof that those who honor others will be honored by God is derived from this verse through an inference. All created beings were only created to bring honor to God, as it says, for my honor created them. They are obliged to honor him. There's no reason for God to be grateful to them, for this is the sole purpose of their creation. This is their task. They have no permission to do anything else. Even so, God said, I will honor those who honor me, and those who scorn me will be degraded. Therefore, it is certainly true concerning honoring other people, which is not an obligation. One who honors others will be honored and respected in return. This means it also requires no great effort and is correct and appropriate behavior. So this Mishnah teaches us, learn from everybody. Be happy with your lot. Overcome your inclination and run from honor and honor others. These are good ways to live our lives, good ways to try to elevate our days and to bring only good things to our days, especially Torah, Mitzvahs, and Chesed. Join us next time on the PAL as we talk about running to do Mitzvahs, even minor quote-unquote Mitzvahs, here on the PAL with Reb T. And I'm your host, Reb T.